So, very good day, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. So, by way of a change today, uh, something very, very different as we go to a champion of the future of equestrianism in Spain. Okay, so with this wonderful technology that we can enjoy these days, I am down on the south coast or at the southeast coast of Spain, and I am going to be speaking with Felipe Villanueva. I'm sure Felipe will tell me if I've got that right. Um, who uh, that name, by the way, is a very famous Mexican name. Uh, I went to uh, look and see whether there was a name that I maybe could ask Felipe about. Out. Uh, but Felipe lives up in the Basque Country, and so uh, let's say a very good afternoon, because I know you've just come back from the um, the equestrian centre, haven't you? Yeah, today uh, I can uh, ride my horses. There is a competition in the Basque Country, the Basque Country Championship, and I feel an injured last uh, week. Uh, and I have to be out of the competition for 10 days. Okay, and again, I'm just going to make sure that any uh, listeners who maybe are using this podcast uh, to uh, maybe use it for listening to English, um, then let me explain that Felipe has had a fall, hurt his wrist, had to go to the hospital, and now can't compete for the next 10 days. So, uh, Felipe, I'm going to take you right back to the beginning now because uh, as a young future champion in the seniors here in Spain, um, how many years have you been riding your horses? Well, I have been riding uh, a lot of years. I don't know if the first time I ride a horse was I, I had five years old. But competing in uh, competing in show jumping uh, since I I had probably ten or eleven years old. Wow! Because we are from a village of the uh, in the north of Burgos, and I started riding in the countryside with my with my father, and I and I know how to ride, but I don't go to competitions. And after with ten or eleven years old, I started to go to Mungia to train in a equestrian center and started the competition is this the same mongia where there's a very good beach for surfing as well yeah can you repeat please yeah is this the same place where there is also a very good surfing beach no but it's near mongia yes in the yeah. Okay. And so uh, your dad is the one that maybe has got you started uh, working with the horses. And was your dad a show jumper as well? Yes. My father knows how to ride uh, since uh, he was uh, a kid, but he has never competed. Only in the village uh, he, has, uh, he had his horses and during the weekends. He liked to go to for a walk to the countryside, but when I started to compete, uh, he told I, I want to compete uh, too. I don't want to spend the afternoon uh, 
watching you writing and I want to write. So he's a so jumper too. Fantastic. So um, how old are you now? How old I'm now? Yes, please. For my father. No, I'm you, 21. You're, you're 21. And so yeah. um, am I right that you have to go to college still? Yes, I'm uh, studying uh, law at the university. I will end in June, but after I have to make uh, postgraduate studies uh, before finishing all my all my studies. Oh, okay, so I better tell you that um, I worked uh, as a lecturer, or it's um, yeah, I, I worked as a lecturer in a college of further education in uh, Cornwall in England. And the place where I worked was on a farm which is owned by King Charles. So when I was there, he was only, uh, well, well, he was Prince Charles. And uh, it's in Cornwall. And it was part of uh, Cornwall College. So um, I used to walk every day through part of the college where all the horses were. I, I... teach other sports um, but I was very interested to watch how they used to teach the equestrian students so my question now is do you have to learn about the anatomy and physiology of the horse yes yes because when you started to compete you have to take uh, an exams that in Spanish are, are, no, are known as los galopes, and these are six exams that you have to, to pass to can compete in higher, in higher competition. And in this book, you have uh, some theoretical exam, and after uh, you have to write and, and you have to pass an exam. It's very easy, the practical part, but in the theoretical exams, uh, you have to to learn about the anatomy of the horse, the bones, muscles, and about uh, how to feed a horse properly for the competition. Wow. Okay, so that sounds very similar to where I was working because uh, sometimes I would go past and they would have the body of a horse that had died and they would be looking at the inside part of the horse. And obviously, um, you know, for somebody who, like me, was not really there for those type of things, it was a bit of a shock to see the inside of the body of the horse. Yeah. <laughs> and all the students, you know, were very carefully learning all about um, how the horse operated. Okay, uh, so um, now when you started riding, um, so you, you'd be about, I think you told me you'd be about 10 or 11. Yeah. And uh, would you go out with your father uh, riding freely or did you have to go to a club to learn? No, when we started to compete, uh, we, we went to Mungia, uh, Western Centre near Bilbao. In that moment of my life, I was living in my village in Villarcayo, where I'm now uh, spending the weekend. And we usually went to the club uh, three or four days uh, per week. And in the afternoons, afternoons and evenings, uh, we went to Munguia. We 
ride uh, we rode the horses and after came back to to the village it was a uh, a bit difficult for my father and the work and because you have one hour of of three yeah th- th- this is really really interesting because um two days ago i was going to Oliva, which is about um, 10 minutes by car from where I live. And I looked at the centre, the equestrian centre for, uh, it, I think it, they call it the Mediterranean Equestrian Centre in English. Yeah. And I was absolutely astonished how big it is because um, I knew it was there, but uh, I did not realise how big it is. It's it's. It's enormous. Yeah. Well, uh, in Spain, we have a problem because there is not a horse culture in the society. Uh, it's different that uh, in Europe or in the United Kingdom. There is a lot of uh, horse culture. You you know, all the people know something about horses. It's a, it's a normal sport. In Spain, we don't have a lot of people who knows about horses, but we have two tours. Uh, that is very important for us. One is the Met, and the other is the Sunshine Tour in Bejar de la Frontera. What is the uh, what is the the crucial thing? Uh, people of Europe, uh, when the, in the spring, in the not in the spring, but in January, February, and March, when uh, in their countries is raining and it's uh, very cold, they came in, they came to Spain to to compete. And these are fabulous uh, places. Uh, the facilities of Montemedio and the Met are, are incredible. And do you like the uh, horse riding and, and the sport? If you go to the to the facilities, uh, like you, you, you wow, it's, it's enormous, it's fantastic. Yes, I, I, was, uh, I was astonished because I knew that something good would be there because I play golf just up the road at the Oliva Golf Club. Um, So I knew the quality would be good, but uh, I went, I looked, there were three massive restaurants, and whilst the people were there, um, uh, and obviously some people eating and uh, having drinks and just watching, three of the uh, equestrian rings were in operation. They were having competitions. So without competition, if, if you see it in the competition, it's fantastic because around the arenas uh, and near the the bars and and in the in the facilities, you have a lot of shops related with uh, equestrian equestrian clothes, material of the horses, and are fabulous places. Yeah, well, for me it was really good because I, I I go out and about to practice my Spanish. Uh, so very often it's just a nice way to learn about other things. But because I want to improve my own Spanish, um, it's a challenge as well. But because we're down on the Costa Blanca and exactly from what you've just been saying, um, the first person that I spoke with was somebody from Russia. Um, we do have relatives in the family who come from Russia, so I was able to say um, "privyet" and "horror show" and just a couple of little words to let the gentleman know that um, you know I appreciated he was from another country. Um, I, I also like to try and practice my French, so again I can do a little bit of French while I'm talking to people up there. But I was 
very, very impressed. It looked really, really good and a great advert for uh, Spain and for equestrianism. Now, uh, two other things uh, sprang to my mind as we were as I was listening to you. Um, not far away from here, we have a town called um, La Nuthia, where I used to. Li- do you know? Do you know of it? No, I I don't know the place, but I know where is it. Yes. Okay. Uh, so um, I used to give uh, English classes in the town hall. And I got Uh to know the alcalde or the mayor very, very well. And five or six years ago, he was telling me that he was going to build a football stadium and he wanted to be able to put uh, the team from Lanuthia in La Liga. And of course, Uh for most people, they all thought that he was dreaming too high. Well, they have the stadium there this year. And uh, during the confinimiento, during the uh, lockdown, um, the team from Levante in uh, Valencia, they came to play a La Liga game four times in his stadium. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is it's uh, when you have a dream, when you want to do something, very often other people aren't really supportive. So... I'm going to ask you about your own dreams. What would be your best thing that you can achieve for your sport? Well, it's difficult because it's, it's a sport where it's very important, the horse. Uh, the horse are very, very expensive and we are very related. Uh, our position in the sport, in the ranking and in the, in the, in the shows, depends uh, in what we have to ride. If we have a red horses, we are in a better position. And I think there are different periods where the horses, you have better horses and other times you have uh, worse ones. And you have to, to fight where, when, where with, uh, with what you have. So my objective, I have a, a field in, in my village where I breed horses and my objective is to uh, breed the horses and after put it in competition and try to sell and have uh, horses for me. So do the two things, no? Um, sell horses and also ride my own horses. Wow. Wow, that's a great answer. It's not what yeah. I it's not what I expected you to tell me. Um I, I have been to look at you and your pages on the website. Um, yeah. I think it went, I, I think I was looking at Facebook, but it was a picture of you at the club Hippico Mungia and yeah. with your uh, Jaeger, uh, if I've got it right, uh, Tok, Tokade? Would that Tokade, be? Tokade, yeah. Ah, okay. So yeah. I, I, I've seen the horse that you were talking uh, about. That you would like to maybe start developing that particular type of horse. It looked lovely, and uh, you re yeah. you really looked nice and very professional when you were you were winning a championship, weren't you? What I think uh, in the pictures I was watching in the video on Facebook, I think you were winning a championship. Probably I win my first. I won my first uh, Grand Prix in Alcalá de Henares in near Madrid. Uh, with this horse uh, when I was 16. 
probably was my my uh, the best horse that I have ever had and ever uh, ride. But uh, it horse uh, has very bad health. Oh dear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And after we we put him in the field to to breed because uh, always in the tendons in the mm, it has a lot of injuries. Oh dear. Okay, so yeah. um, okay, you've given me another thing that I'll tell you. Um, uh, when we came from uh, England to live here in Spain. I came from near Liverpool. Yeah. And in Liverpool, we had a famous race course where each year we have, and it still happens, we have the Grand National. Yeah. Okay. So it's a very, very, very famous horse race. And we had one particular horse called Red Rum. And Red Rum won the Grand National three years running, consecutivo. And it was amazing. And uh, when I worked for the radio, I worked for Onda Thero here in Spain. And I worked for the BBC when I was in England. And as a very young man, probably about your age, um, I went to the Grand National... And I interviewed a lot of very famous people. And so, you know, that's the sort of first time I'd ever been near these really, really wonderful horses that can do so many different things like the, the, the jumps that they have to go over at the Grand National. The, sec yeah. the second thing I wanted to tell you was uh, my other friend who lives near Lanuthia. I was telling you about the football and the mare. This particular friend has a he has his own paddock, has a nice big house. He has a paddock and he has a very big horse. I don't know how many hands, uh, how how tall it is, but he he practiced dressage. Yeah. Is it the same word? Like is it the same word in Spanish? Yes, dressage. Ah. Well, in Spain, in, in Spanish is doma. Ah, Doma. Well, he, yeah. he was pretty good. Uh, he used to go round all the competitions. I don't know whether he ever won anything, but he was really good at it. And again, I remember when I was at the college teaching, um, I would go and look at the horses. And when they were doing the dressage, uh, it was the the subtlety, very, very tiny movements of the hands that can make the horse uh, do what you want it to do. Now, I noticed because you have an injury to your uh, wrist, yeah. what happened? How did you hurt your well, wrist? I uh, I was uh, working with the horse. I I was not, uh, I wasn't riding. I was with the horse taking a walk because they spend a lot of time in their boxes and I like to, to fix, it, fix them properly. So, uh, that, that day, it was on Tuesday or Monday. Uh, on on Sunday, I came from from Sevilla driving because I was competing during the past weekend. So uh, I was a bit um, a bit tired, and I don't want to ride on on Monday or Tuesday. This horse wasn't competing in Sevilla. This is a young horse, 
and I came to Mungia to walk uh, him a little bit in the in the paddock and put it to eat some grass. And when when he was uh, eating, uh, I was talking uh, talking with the phone, and I don't know why uh, he scared by something, and he kicked me in the wrist. Okay, so uh, this leads ni- nicely for me to ask you the next question because, um, you know, a lot of people, my sports were judo was my first sport uh, and then rugby and football were very good sports for me. But um, obviously, like all people in all sports, we have different injuries. So um, what can you do to prevent yourself getting injured when you're a horse rider? What can you do? Uh, put more attention because we we spend a lot of hours with horses and sometimes we um, we don't think that we are with animals and we have to uh, take care. So it, it, was my, uh, it was my fault because I was uh, back of the of the horse talking with the phone and it's important to prevent the the danger and where you are riding it is different because i have i have had bad uh, injuries riding when i fell to the to the arena but uh, when you are with horses you take risks because they, they, these are uh, big animals and you have to to be Okay, um, when I would be uh, probably probably about twenty eight, something like that, um, my wife—that's Richard's mum—my uh, wife used to ride horses. I had never been on a horse, and I was with um, I was with three people from the karate club that I was going to. And we decided to go and try and ride some horses just to see what it was like. So we went to a farm in uh, not too far from where we lived. And they let us go on four horses. But none of us had had, we'd never ridden. We'd never been on a horse. So um, eventually we, you know, we went on a little uh, trail where there was no, there were no other people, but uh, my horse was uh, frightened by a tractor, and so it reared up, and then it galloped really fast. And of course, I had no idea how to how to stop it. <laughs> the only thing I could do was because in judo, you know, if I control and pull the neck round. I could stop the horse from uh, maybe riding straight on, and it did stop. But um, it it showed me that uh, obviously you've got to be very very careful uh, and learn about about the horse and do a lot more than what uh, you just what we just did, which was to hire horses. So when I got off the horse and then got back in the car, and the next day. Um, and my wife was not with me. She she was coming back to the house. So I uh, quickly hid all the clothes 
And also, the next day, I was aching all over. My, my body was really, really painful. Um, so, that leads me to my next question. I believe that uh, Richard told me that you are a boxer. Well, a little bit. <laughs> I try sometimes. Okay. Uh, when I was young, I was living in, in the village. I have a, 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 a friend of mine was a great boxer, and I started boxing a little bit with, with him, and I learned the basics. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, okay, then, if I ask you about keeping fit... Because uh, I used to teach sport in the college and obviously, yeah. you know, most of the people I taught were rugby, football, basketball, you know, that type of sport. What do you do to keep yourself fit for your sport? Well, uh, when you are riding, you do a lot of physical activity. Uh, I usually ride three horses per day and that uh, is enough of the physical activity. But I also like to... To get to go to go to the gym to to be fit probably three or four days per week and after one or two days I like to to run in. Yeah, okay. Um, now you were talking about uh, getting the harmony with the horse, and if maybe you didn't sort of keep alert, uh, then maybe that's when you pick up an injury. So. Can you tell the mood of the horse each day? When you go to start riding your horse, do you get the feeling that the horse is in a good mood or in a bad mood um, and ready to ride? Yes, yes. Especially when you have been riding the same horse for for a lot of time. For example, uh, one of my horses, Julia, uh, I breed I uh, her and I started to ride this horse uh, when when she was three years old now uh, she's eight years old so i know her uh, very properly i know when when she's tired i know when she has a pain when a lot the, the, when you know the horse it's like an animal where you you spend a lot of time with the horse riding them uh, preparing the horse cleaning so there is a I don't know if in English, symbiosis with the horse. Yeah, uh, symbiosis, we could use the same word. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you spend a lot of time with with uh, an animal, uh, you make this. Yeah, uh, probably a better word for us would be bond. A bond is when you connect, you know, with the horse. Um, yeah. Okay, well, this is interesting because, again, I have uh, other friends who uh, have became vets and, you know, very often people think that the, for, for example, the doctor is uh, more clever than maybe other people. I've always said a vet is somebody who, for me, a veterinarian, uh, is somebody who, who is far more important because he can find what the problem is with an animal uh, without yeah. words being changed. Um my next question then is a strange one, but at the same time, you might um, you might see where I'm coming from. Do you think when you're riding, is there much of a dis difference between riding a female horse or riding a male horse? No, you don't. You don't feel different uh, between 
No, meeting the sex of the horse, no. And uh, and if you go, say, for galloping, uh, do you go out just riding freely with other people? What can you? Um, yeah, when when you're not show jumping, um, yeah. do you ride the horse on a course to just um, get used to each other? Yes. Well, people that uh, don't know about the sport think that we are jumping uh, every day. Uh, we normally ride the horses, but we only jump uh, one, uh, two or three days per week. For example, young horses jump uh, usually jump uh, three days per week, and older horses uh, one day, two days. The important is to uh, get it, uh, put it in feet. So make it uh, work, but not to jump a lot because they know how to how to jump, and it's not necessary to to jump at home. They are uh, only prepared to the competitions. Yeah, with a, with a young horse, it's different because uh, he needs to be educated to the competition. He needs to be uh, teach on uh, how to jump. is a is different work. Again, I'm getting more memories because uh, I had a French girl that came to stay uh, to learn English with me and um, her parents had a big farm in Paris, in the Paris Basin and we went to see the farm and since those days, Marie is now, she's quite uh, well known on the circuit in France so uh, I, I can see exactly what you're saying is probably part of the same things that we would have spoken about uh, many, many years ago and forgotten. Um, when you have a horse that doesn't like a particular jump, what do you do to stop it from throwing you off? Because I, I, when I went up the road the other day, there was a um, one horse, it didn't like a particular jump. What is really happening? Well, this is, we don't know it uh, exactly, but when a horse doesn't like a, a jump, you have a problem. Some horses uh, are very brave and others are uh, not brave. So it, uh, you have to ride properly and, be, and ride a bit, uh, I don't know how to explain it uh, in Spanish also, but you have to be more... It's not aggressive with the horse because the horse, uh, if you feel you are uh, angry, they are not. They are not going to jump properly. But they, they have to know that you are going to kick them if they, if they do a wrong turn. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, when your horse doesn't want to jump. Um, now, is, is it that you use your stirrups or do you guide it with your knees or do you use the reins? Uh, how do no, you... with, with the legs. Ah, okay. Okay, so yeah. you, you just kind of encourage the horse to, to make the jump. Yeah. When you, and the important thing, people think you control the horse with the hands, but the hands is, the, is not as important as the legs. The legs are and the weight of your body is the most important thing to uh, tell the horse where you can go. Uh, for example, if you want to go uh, to the right, you don't only have to 
uh, open your uh, right hand. You, you have also uh, work with your body, with your legs, and put the, it in a position to, to tell the horse, uh, go to the uh, right, go to the left, go to the center of the obstacle, because especially with the young horses, they don't like to, to jump or they don't know how to jump. So they try to go uh, out of the jump. So you have to be very concentrated with your knees to go to the middle of the obstacle. Mm, very, very interesting. Um, when I first came to live here in Spain, um, I started working with Ondothero and one of my first interviews was with what we call in English a horse whisperer. Um, you, you know the verb to whisper? No. When, when I talk like this. Ah, okay. Okay. What, what, what is the, the Spanish word for that? Uh, susurrar. Susurrar, okay. Uh, so uh, I had to interview uh, a horse whisperer, and it was a man who was telling me that he talks to the horses. He went and spoke into the uh, the ear of the horse. Um, yes. Can you do that? No, 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 no. And um, it's true that I'm not very keen or interested in these uh, things, but are people that like natural methods to to educate the horses and they uh, have a lot of passion. I don't have a uh, lot of passions, but they have methods, natural methods that are incredible and some, some, some of them uh, work properly. But this is not, uh, if you want to compete, you can do natural methods. Probably if you have a problem with the horse, for example, your horse uh, doesn't like to go to uh, to uh, in the in the lorry when you go to the competition. Uh, the horse doesn't want to go uh, inside the lorry, well, or the track. Here, the natural methods probably can work. But if you are if you you are focused on the competition and competing. Uh, these methods are not so. You you use the horse not like a machine, but but more or less because you have to uh, feed feed the horses properly, ride them properly, uh, have the bed and the the bed uh, with the horse a lot of time to put the horse without pain in a good shape and and after train train hard because he's a an athlete. Okay, so these are different words. If you are trying to educate the horse or correcting some mistakes of of, uh, of their behavior, probably these methods uh, could be interesting. But in the competition, they, no. no. Okay. Look, I've got a cat, and some days the cat does not eat the food that we give him. And yeah. so some days he he annoys me because, you know, he should eat it. He's a cat and I give him the food and he just doesn't want it. Now, uh, do you get days when maybe your horse is very similar and, you know, you give the normal food and it won't eat it? Yes, we, we have to be very, not in alert, but... Uh, to get responsible when you have a long trip, for example, last weekend I went to Sevilla. When the horse uh, goes, uh, went to the to the box 
and you put the dinner, you have to take a, take after the horse to see if, if they are eating properly or not. Because with the trips, sometimes if these are long trips, uh, the horses are, are a bit sick and they don't want to to eat. But normally. Uh, we don't have problem with the with the food. And uh, does the fact that you've got to be very careful of the fact that you are looking after an animal, you're working with an animal, uh, does this uh, make it difficult for you in your social life, or do you mix mainly with people who have the same sort of lifestyle? Well, I think uh, yes for the two questions. Um, of course, I don't have a lot of time to hang, hang out without uh, with my friends because I usually spend my free time in Mungia uh, training or out uh, around Spain competing. But I also, for example, this weekend, okay, I have an injury, but uh, I'm going to spend the weekend with my friends and, and not riding. So I think... Uh, you can, if you are an organized uh, person, you can do a lot of things. Okay. And also, when you are in, a, when you are in doing a, any sport that takes a lot of time, like horse riding, you you make friends in the world and you spend a lot of time with them. Also, because in the in the shows uh, you are competing, and after when the competition ends, for example, on Friday or on Saturday. Saturday at uh, five or six six o'clock in the in the afternoon, uh, you go out with these with these people. Are you likely to be coming back to Oliva Nova? Or are you going to come and compete down here? Probably, pro- uh, probably we will go to Mungia team. We will go to um, Oliva Nova in February. Oh, lovely. Yeah. If you do come, please make sure we know, because we'll come up and support you. Yeah, of course. That would be nice. It okay. will be a pleasure to, to know you. Yeah, well, we, we really, we, my, my wife loves the horses, so, you know, both yeah. of us will come up and we'll look forward to, to meeting you. Um, as we finish, um, I'm yeah. going to ask you, uh, what are your dreams and ambitions? Would you like to go and compete in well, other countries? I don't like I don't like to put uh, one competition in my mind or but my ambition is to of course winning competition and uh, it's a sport that you can be competing with a lot of years for example you can be a very good rider with 55 years old and my objective is to continue riding having better horses competing in in, in better competition higher level and try to breed horses and and sell it. Okay, now that that sounds tell them, sorry. well. That sounds like you've got both your business head on your shoulders, which is good, and uh, a nice way of um, then complementing doing that with the horses. So, what about the Olympic Games? Uh, how do you feel Spain performs? Do we ever have champions from Spain? Um, I know we do from England and Germany and countries like that, but what about Spain? It's very difficult because uh, in in other countries uh, the sport is very integrating the culture. Uh, there are 
much more riders, much more horses. So it's very difficult because the quantity makes the quality. At the end, if you breed two horses, uh, two foals uh, a year, it's very difficult to get an start. But for example, if you went to Germany where uh, Socke Moller is the best breeder probably in the, in the world and he breed 600 uh, foals in a, in a year, so it's very it's easy that breeding 600 horses you are going to take stars. So in these countries, the all because it's a it's like a wheel. When you breed great horses, people get better in competition. Uh, but in Spain, it's very difficult because there is not culture of horses. Right. So I've learned a big lesson from you today, uh, which I didn't think I learned exactly the the, the same way when I was at the college in uh, England. Really, what I think you're telling me is that if you're a top breeder and you yeah. also ride, you've got a better chance of maybe winning the big prizes like the Olympic Games or even the World Championships, things like that? Well, the important thing uh, is to have great horses. In uh, Spain, there are very uh, good riders, very good horses, but the quantity, the number of, of these, is not compare. Uh, you can compare it with other countries, for example, England right. or Scotland, uh, Germany. It's impossible. And and are the better horses? Are they still coming from the Arab countries? Because I know uh, when the Queen of England, before she died, uh, she was immensely interested and involved in the horses. And uh, she was riding right till probably about 94, 95. She was really elderly when she was still riding. Uh, but uh, I know that she used to love it when she was given a horse and uh, the Arab horses in particular. Are they, the be- are they the best horses or where do you think the best horses come from? Uh, it's difficult to, to know it, but in, in general in Europe... Uh, they are the, be- the best horses. I don't know in Belgium, uh, Holland. Uh, sorry, Holland, uh, Dutchland, uh, Germany, England. Yeah. But the problem that in England uh, is very famous the uh, races. Yeah. Well, but, I. Uh... I know we have a uh, we have a, a rider called Nick Skelton, yeah. uh, who I didn't meet him, but I've been at a place where he was. Uh, so yes, I I, I obviously have, have been aware of these uh, great champions and great horses. But Nick, I've learned Nick Skelton is a is a legend. Yes, uh, he went to retire when he won the gold medal uh, with his uh, famous horse. In in Rio de Janeiro, I think in 2016 with Quick Start. Yes, that's a super rider. And uh, will you go to England, or have you been to England yet? Yes, I have been in England in July, and I was riding in a, in a, in I, I I had a friend of mine working as a horse rider in in England, and I was riding in his facilities. Wow. Can you remember where it was? Uh, I don't know where it was, but uh, 40 minutes from England. 
Uh, from London, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, it's a shame I didn't. Um, it's a shame I didn't know exactly where that was. But where I uh, was learning was in the county of Cornwall, right in the southwest. And uh, the, the name of the stables were uh, was uh, Oakingham uh, oh. Stables. I've got to say I don't know that name, but um, it, it could well be somewhere that I know anyway. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, when you uh, are breeding, uh, obviously you've got to have contacts with the right people. Uh, how does it work? Do you prefer to have the male horse or the female horse? Which is better for you as a breeder? Of course, the, you have you have an, a stallion and male horse uh, for breed. You are going to make a lot of money because these horses are very very expensive that ones uh, that have has been right uh, competing in the uh, world championship and it's impossible to have these horses you have the females and you buy the i don't know how you say the sperma freeze sperma yes to... the, the, the sperm frozen sperm so yeah. and so the vet comes along and um, artificially inseminates i would imagine yeah 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 Natural, it's not natural, it's inseminate. You yeah. can buy, uh, actually, you can buy uh, the congelate of the horse that you, you like. For example, you uh, put in the internet uh, the horse, and if, it's, it's, and if it is a male, uh, a male, you can buy by wow. the internet. It's quite easy. Uh, dare I ask what sort of price, how much would it cost? Uh, around one thousand euros. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's the uh, less expensive thing in the in the world because what is very very difficult is to have a great female, a great mother to to breed because uh, this is very difficult to to have one because when a rider has one great female and uh, she gets retired. Uh, they they don't like to sell the horse because no no I want to have the horse and take horse with with her because it's easy to buy the 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 frozen sperm. And and uh, when you are planning for the future now, uh, do you have any particular horses that you've got in mind that you'd try and breed with, or is it just going to be a question of looking all the time to see which horses are doing well and then trying to get the right um, the right ingredients at the right time? Yes. <laughs> okay. It's a bit of a difficult one, that, to talk about. Yeah. When, when you uh, go to college... Uh, do you discuss these sort of things with your uh, people at the college, the tutors? Uh, do they give you these ideas uh, about how to progress your business? Or is it something that uh, you have to do as a business course on but top? My, my business with horses. Okay, so, so you're learning these things now? Yeah. And, and what about your dad? Does your dad, uh, is he learning from you? Well, he knows a little bit about business. Uh, he knows more than me. Of course, <laughs> I know how to write. Yeah, I suppose really, when you think back, when you were at school, uh, you know, like all 
young lads, uh, every young lad, we we wouldn't probably be thinking in terms of, uh, you know, boy and girl getting together to create a business uh, for your future. I mean, I, I would imagine when you were a young lad at school, was it something that you um, probably never thought about, did you? Yes, I, I want to uh, com- combine uh, the whole uh, competition, the whole writing competition and the... Uh, and my studies and after I want to be a lawyer and I think I can uh, combine both things and this is my objective. After probably yes I will end it uh, uh, with only dedication to to horses but uh, at the moment I, I don't know it properly. And I suppose really the English language learning is got to be quite a very important part of this now because you know yeah. it, it's like even now we've never met before and yet uh, you know we've had quite a an in-depth conversation um so i hope that uh you know this part of it the english language part of it becomes a little bit more relevant uh, as you go to other countries where they maybe for example in germany where they do they do speak English very, very well. Um, and, of course, you can then conduct your business, can't you? Yeah, my, my idea is in two years, or in two years, sorry, when I will finish my, my studies, I want to go probably to, to England or to Europe uh, one year to perfect my English because I don't speak English well and go to, a, to an stable where they are professional horse uh, riders. Okay, in Mungia, they are professionals, but more, uh, more related with the with teaching how to write. I want to go to an stable where the um, where they sell horses, uh, commercial stables that we. Okay, well, look, when you get to that point, um, please get in touch with Richard. Uh, let him know, and uh, if there's any of the contacts that we might have. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, my friend Marie in France will be somebody that might be well worth talking with. And then, of course, the college that I worked at, I'm sure that's probably progressed a lot since uh, the days when I was there. It was called the Duchy College. So That's, that's fine. Okay. Well, look, thank you very much indeed for the time. Um, thank I, you. I've really enjoyed uh, chatting with you. And... Um, I look forward to your telephone call letting me know that you're not far away um, at Oliva and we'll come and meet you then. Okay. Thank you very much indeed, Felipe. Thank you. So my thanks to Felipe Villanueva. And if you want to find more out uh, about Felipe, then... If you go to the club Hippico Mungia, M-U-N-G-I-A, uh, you should find uh, quite a bit about Felipe, including the video that shows him winning one of the championships. Uh, very interesting. I don't know about you, but I learned quite a bit there, which I didn't know uh, that it's probably not a bad idea to be a breeder Uh, maybe even more so than a champion jumper. Anyway, we live and learn. Thank you, Felipe.